Hey, it's Jordan with the Pop Dust Podcast. Today's guest is Zylo. Now, Zylo started out as the brother-sister duo of Chase and Paige Duddy. These days, Paige is performing solo as Zylo, and we talked about her new music and recording with the Chainsmokers and a bunch of other stuff. So here it is, episode 23 with Zylo. So, what is going on? How is isolation treating you? It's good. It's not bad. Um, at first, I was liking it. And then, because I, I wanted the downtime, you know, I just gotten back from like a winter tour in February. And I got really sick while I was on tour, possibly Corona. I'm, I'm not sure. It was early stages of when this was all happening, but I'm convinced it was that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the tour was just like, we got back and then I had a festival in Florida. So it was kind of a lot of work. And right before that we had the the EP like coming out and rehearsing for the tour. So I was kind of enjoying the time to just like chill and have some time to myself. And I've been learning guitar and like exercising, doing things that I never do. How productive um, are you? I know I felt really productive, but then it's been like over two months now. I don't know about for you guys, but um, over here, like in California, it's been over two months and I just really miss my friends. And you know, you get to that point where you're like, wait, is life ever gonna be the same? Will I ever play a show? Will I ever go to a show again? Like, I don't know. Right. I really like the new EP, the Ganglins of my heart EP. It's pretty dark. It's a dark sounding EP. So tell me about the recording of that and and how you got that sound. Um, Well, so when we were writing it, it was through kind of like the winter time. I always like to write music with, you know, the seasons and how I'm feeling. And I wanted to dive deeper into kind of who I am as an artist and what I want to talk about. Um, And for this one, I wanted to kind of take the like dive deeper into my lyrics and stuff like that. And I wanted this to represent sort of the excesses and extremes, I say, of growing up and living in LA and sort of my journey so far in my career and just, I don't know, like being a young adult. And it's definitely a bit darker and a more aggressive like type of body of work. And I feel like there's a lot of things I was getting off my chest, but yeah. And I was watching a lot of mafia, like old gangster films and stuff. So that's what inspired this kind of character and the aesthetic and sort of the sounds and stuff like that. Well, the cover photo is very mafia looking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's very, you kind of have like a Michelle Pfeiffer and Scarface kind of vibe mm-hmm. going on there. Totally. Yeah. No, that was that was what I was going for. I wanted this sort of, I don't know, like female Dawn role. It's been a little bit since you went from being, from Zylo being a duo with you and your brother to being more of a solo act. So yeah. what is what has that period been like for you kind of being out on your own? 
Um, it's been great for like the first year I was still signing my label and I think it took me a little bit to kind of find who I was as an independent or as a solo artist, um, on my own and like what I wanted to say and what I wanted to sound like. And it was a bit of a confusing time at first. I think it was still fun, but you know, when I was signed to the label, there's so many opinions involved and they wanted to take this time to kind of go in a really pop direction and they didn't really care about um not to talk any shit I, am i allowed to swear yeah it's totally um, just yeah. not to talk any shit i'm not at all but you know it's like they didn't really care about anything sounding cohesive or my artistry or whatnot are you telling me a record label was more concerned about hit singles is, is that what you're saying <laughs> Yes, all the cliches you can imagine happened. So, um, and I was embracing it. It's It was kind of not to get too personal, but when a record label stands by you and a member leaves and there was that much time away from releasing music and they were kind of supporting me, you know, I didn't really feel like it was the right time to like put my foot down and be like, I want to make anything that I want and I want it to I want to do EPs and I want them to be dark and whatever, you know? So I was kind of in this singles, releasing singles type of release schedule. Um, and that's when there's some music that I release that maybe I necessarily regret. I, I don't really stand by those things. A couple songs that probably weren't my first choice, but I just had to do what I had to do. Um, but now that I'm not on a label, which I thought was going to be like the scariest thing in the world. And that was going to be it for me, you know, um, is now probably the best thing that's ever happened. Like, I love it so much. I'm so fortunate because I'm able to kind of sustain myself with like the music that I put out and the people who are listening and I'm able to still make videos and release EPs and, go on tour and stuff like that. Um, and I just like it so much better because not to seem like a control freak, but you get to make all your own decisions and everything's up to me. And I don't really have to um, second guess like who I am and what I'm saying because someone else maybe doesn't understand that and doesn't think it's like good or a hit or whatever, you know? Well, I mean, it's paid off musically. I mean, uh, when I was we were emailing back and forth, I, I wanted to talk about your previous EP, the the Yes and No EP. Yeah. And that was successful by all accounts. You know, uh, the title track is up to, I'm, I'm on my computer right now. The title track is up to, up to what? Um, you know, like 8 million streams or something like that. Yeah. So tell me about, that was really kind of your first big solo project. So tell me about um, how you, how, how that kind of helped you with your confidence as a solo artist. Oh my God, it totally did. That song was such a, it wasn't an accident, but it wasn't, it was the last song we had written for that EP. I had already felt like I had enough songs that were like strong enough, which I actually don't even like a lot of the songs on that EP. <laughs> but anyways, I was kind of like, oh, this is, I already have an EP here. Like here, we'll just write one extra song see what happens um and we knew that the ep was going to be called yes to no so we we're like let's just write a song called yes to no 
and see how it turns out. And we didn't really think about it. And I think we wrote it in probably like an hour or two. It just happened so quickly. And then at first I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this song. It's, you know, it's a bit different than what I've done. Maybe the chorus isn't as like big as I'm used to having choruses or the whatever, it's not as structured. Um, and then it ended up being my favorite one and then it just reacted really well. And like, I've seen kind of like in the YouTube world, it took off a little bit, which I'm not, that's like a different thing world for me I, I usually my listeners come from spotify or apple music um primarily those streaming services but with youtube since those like what do you call them the like playlist channels like mr suicide sheep and nightcore all those channels started posting about it it's just kind of snowballed and people have just been uploading I mean, thousands of people uploading their own versions of the song, sped up, slowed down, whatever. And it's still, I mean, it hasn't, it's consistently still growing that song. So um, yeah, I'm really, really lucky. You're, it's kind of an interesting time in pop music. I feel like the sounds are changing. The kind of the, the, a lot of the sounds that were big in the previous decade, that kind of beachy tropical kind of diploy kind of stuff and then the 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 trap the stuff really that relies on trap drums and 808s i feel like those two things aren't as popular as they were two or three years ago so how do you assess where pop music is right now sonically well like for instance yes and no that's like a four to the floor like kind of it's a bit housey i'd say i don't know Maybe not, but I would never have expected a song of mine to go there. Like same with um, my song Tongue in the Bag. Like I, 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 if someone was like, oh, let's do this like four to the floor kind of electronic, I don't know, kind of reminds me of being like underground in a warehouse type of vibe. I would be like, no, like that's not my vibe. I'd go for more of kind of the lo-fi hip hop beat with some piano or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think music is changing. I don't, I don't know. Definitely not the tropical vibe. I, you don't hear too much of that anymore. When you guys were a duo, when you and Chase were a duo, you really got your boost from the chain smokers and people can look at interviews from four or five years ago about, you know, them finding you online and all this kind of thing. How do you view that time now looking back and what did you get out of that collaboration? I mean, I think that that opportunity was like a blessing. I think anyone would have taken that opportunity at the time, especially because they were pretty much like the biggest pop act at the time. Um, and I'm super grateful for it. Um, it led to so many opportunities and I think that it kind of gave us more credibility, even though Zylo was already like a buzzy, like pop alternative act at the time. And I'm sure we would have done just fine without that. It definitely gave us more credibility for like, like still people talk about it. And I'm like, oh, I totally forgot. Like that's not a thing to me anymore, even though I'm so grateful for it, but like I don't play it live anymore and stuff like that. But um, people still remember me as by that song which is great. I mean, it opened me up to a different audience. The downside to it is that 
that's kind of where the label and where the management was wanting to take the sound of the music. Like, even though it was just a feature. Um, so that's what kind of complicated things. And um, I also think that other people expected me to sound like that as well, you know? Yeah. Well, that we were talking about that tropical, that tropical pop thing. Like that was kind of the, at the peak of that, mm-hmm. of that whole thing, you know, what I call influencer pop or <laughs> fire, <laughs> fire fest pop. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, but the actual experience itself, recording with those guys, writing, yeah. you know, what, what do you remember about that, the actual process and, and how did that help you as an artist? I was so young. I think I was, gosh, how old was I? I mean, 1920, was that that long ago? Was I, tw- no, maybe I was like 21, but I was still super nervous. I I got to go in the studio with them and I went by myself. Uh, my brother did come, but I remember we were in a fight that day, um, like always. So it was, it was definitely like a nerve wracking experience to go in with people who are so accomplished and like doing so well. And you have to sit there and like, they're watching you record your vocals. I had cut the song and like sent it to them and pitched it to them. So they obviously had already heard my version of it. But um, I also think it was really awesome to be able to work with their engineer at the time and the guy who like mixed their song, his name is Swivel. And he like, it was just cool to be able to work with like a vocal producer, you know, and have somebody giving you notes and they're just so quick and they know what they're doing and they know what it's going to sound like. And I remember getting the song back, by the way, the Alex and Drew were so nice and they made me feel so comfortable. It was, it was a really fun day. And I just remember getting the song back and being like, whoa, like I sound like I'm like a pop star on the radio. Cause my, my, I wasn't used to hearing my voice like that. You know, my stuff is a bit more lo-fi. There's not as much, there's not as many vocal layers or harmonies or ad-libs in my music at the time. It sounded expensive. A hundred percent. You know, you hear it back and you're like, is that me? I remember going, is that me? Like, that doesn't even sound like me because which is a great thing. I loved it. It was, it sounded dope. I was super excited. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a really fun experience. I totally wish that's like a goal of mine is to be able to work with like, have my own like vocal producer, not necessarily like a producer, but a vocal producer is like a whole other world, you know? Yeah. It's, it's something that's so like meticulous and getting your vocals to sound good is really hard now music style aside and record labels aside do you prefer would you prefer recording in a big fancy studio with the best equipment the best soundboard or something more intimate with a local producer that's not maybe quite as fancy i record everything write everything in this apartment right here i wish i could i mean this is my setup and I would record over there. Um, but, and it's worked for me and it totally works for like loads of other people. You don't really need a recording studio nowadays. Um, but it's like, of course I'd love to do that instead. (laughs) If I could go get my own or like build my own, you know, recording studio or, or rent out a, a space, which we've looked into doing, but 
we're going to move in the next like couple of months and we're going to get another bedroom, an extra spare room to like make into a studio. But I would love to have my own space because things just, the recordings do sound better. Like that's one of the biggest issues that we have currently living in this apartment and kind of why we're moving is that the sound is, it's too boomy and you can hear the room too much. Um, and everything just sounds better in like a proper recording studio. I sure, think. sure, sure. But I don't like when there's other people in the room and not because I'm like not confident. I just think having a lot of people in a room watching you record like writers or I, one time I, when this was a long time ago, but we were like cutting a song that another producer and a couple writers wrote and like we cut the song and sent it to them and then they wanted to be a part of like they wanted to vocal produce it and they wanted me to change things and sing it a certain type of way and there were so many people in the room and it was just like guys this is like way too overwhelming you know yeah you're being so specific about like the way I'm pronouncing one word and then they're all talking about it and I mean, the song never ended up getting used because I just, I don't know. It, it, it's too much. I like just have doing one-on-one -on -one with the producer. Are you and, are you and Chase still, are you on good terms or is uh, that a sort of subject? Bad terms. Oh no, it's fine. Everyone asks. We're not, I wouldn't say we're friends. But, you know, we totally go to family functions together and stuff like that. We're adults and I love his kids and yeah. You're civil. Totally civil. I cannot be bothered to even talk about that stuff anymore. Not with people like you, but yeah. You know. So you, when you when you went forward to solo artist, you decided to keep the Zylo name and now it's this weird thing like, do people call you Zylo? Do they call you Paige? Like, are you Paige of Zylo? You know, it's it's kind of a... Um, the newer fans definitely call me Zylo, like at shows and stuff, which it's, it's funny because I'm used to most of my fans calling me Paige because they, they just know my name is Paige. And for so long, I had like my other Instagram and my other Twitter when I was in the band and I would just act as myself. Not that I'm acting any sort of way now, but... They just knew that I'm Paige and that was Chase and there's Zylo. And now, now that I'm going by Zylo, a lot of the people um, that have recently discovered me call me that. Now that you're, you've got two EPs as Zylo, the, the solo act under your belt, what would the next Zylo project sound like? Do you want to do a full album? Is it going to be a mix of the darker sounding stuff and the lighter sounding stuff? What what could people Probably. expect? I mean, I definitely want to do an album, but right now, like, cause I actually did three EPs solo. I'm like a bit exhausted of doing EPs because I definitely don't mind the work, but I think right now, especially in like quarantine, since you know, your resources are limited and, you know, knowing that you can't play a show anytime soon with that new music is a bit kind of, I don't know, frightening. So I'm putting out some singles, like one's coming out on June 5th, and then I'm going to put one out right after. Um, they're a bit more lighthearted just because it's summer and I just feel like no one wants to listen to anything like super depressing right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do an album, but I'm sure I'll mix the two of 
some that are a little bit more fun and some that are definitely the on the darker side. But that's the good thing about making a body of work is you can have those songs. I think it would be weird if I was releasing like really dark singles. Do you care that much about the whole playlist culture to get on Spotify playlist, to get on YouTube playlist? Do you, do you record and write with that in mind? It's gotta be in the back of your mind just a little bit, right? A little bit to be honest. And I, you know, with, with the ganglands, we definitely felt like, okay, we did two EPs that were pretty pop sounding still like they were dark, but they were still pretty pop and very streamable music, I would say. And it allowed me to kind of, like I said, sustain myself so I can put out the ganglands, which was really dark. And I didn't really care about playlisting and I didn't care what it was going to do. I was like, I just want to put out something that sounds like an artist and people will, my fans will appreciate this side of me. Like there's a lot of my fans that say this, that's the best body of work I've ever put out, you know, because maybe it speaks to them more and they like what I'm talking about more. And it's more of a cohesive kind of world that they could live in, but it didn't stream as well as the more pop stuff. So yeah, I don't know. There's kind of, it's, there's like a battle, you know? Oh yeah. I feel it on, on my, on the photography side, on my photography, like the pictures right. that I, that I love versus the pictures I know will get a bunch of likes. It's a different. percent. It's like, I personally like the ganglands EP more, but is that, I don't know. Is that going to pay my bills? Well, you just need to get it placed in a really popular movie, which should be easy. Just well, do it. I think just... it should. I, I I think it should have been like, I mean, it's only been out for a few months, but still. Yeah. I, maybe. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I think that there should have been songs that should have been placed in, in shows and stuff like that. Cause it was, it was way more cinematic. Right. Uh, but who knows? It's only been out a few months and really kind of a weird time to be thinking about that stuff because like nothing's being made, like no films and like movies are probably being made right now. Yeah. We're going to hit the fall and there's not going to be any new TV shows because Oh my this God, is really... I'm so scared. Yeah. Before I let you go, I, yeah. I'm doing this thing called the music nerd questionnaire. And yeah. so it's just a series of questions it just, it's your opinion. There's no right or wrong answers. Question one, if you could be an artist in any era, Ooh. when would it be? What era? I probably have two answers to that. Ah, maybe three. Okay, so the 80s seems so fun, just cause like the parties and stuff seem crazy. And just being an artist seems ridiculous in that era. Um, I'm not sure how many female artists there were in the like post-war kind of 20s, 30s era, but I love like, is that, is that correct? I was just watching um, Hollywood. Have you seen that show? I haven't watched, I haven't watched this come up, but I haven't actually watched it. Okay. Okay. Well. But you like that kind of golden era, 30s and 40s Hollywood? Yeah. Okay. Thirties and forties. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yes, definitely that. I just also like the fashion and, and every, just the culture seems so glamorous, but I'm not sure how many female artists there probably were. Yeah. Not a lot of feminism going on then either. No, definitely not. Question two, 
what is the best way to listen to music? Ooh, best way to listen to music. Well, I'd say in the car is my favorite way to listen to music. Um, but also in your bedroom. Yeah, headphones or headphones, with speakers. Headphones for sure. Headphones. I think headphones. I think you kind of, you appreciate the music more and you can like fully pay attention to like every element when you're listening in headphones. So next question, how do you prep for a recording session? Like what do you eat? What do you drink? Mm. You know, what, what, how do you get in the right mindset? Um, I, de- I definitely sing through the song that we've written because it's usually recorded on my phone or something like that. And so I kind of like to get to know the song before I'm going to record it. Um, and then I don't recommend eating before or like at least a few hours before. Um, Do you have a hot tea regimen or anything like that? Yes, I will drink hot tea or just like room temperature water. I don't like drinking and like can't drink beer. Can't like while recording because you'll just burp and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll definitely warm up before. Have to do that. And sometimes sing through the song, even record it, but sing through the whole thing, which I usually, that's not how I record. Like I go bit by bit, like verse, then pre, then chorus, and whatever. Um, but it's kind of good to just sing through the whole thing and record it and listen back and just be like, okay, that's not how I'm going to approach that. Or, oh yeah, I liked that. Right, right. So last question, this is more of a fun one. Doja Cat or Megan the Stallion? Oh, Doja Cat. Any any reason? Um, I just think she's like we last night we were saying she's cracked the internet. She just is made for the internet. She is so good at like just being crazy and weird and funny and I love her music and I think she's like a low key amazing singer. She could sing and rap. It's really hard to find that balance between being goofball and being funny and actually having serious music. Yeah. And I think her aesthetic, like she's so kind of like e-girl, like the whole moo thing. I don't know. There's something really different about her as, as a rapper and as an artist. I love Meg the Stallion as well. Of course I'm, like a sucker for those songs but and i think she's amazing but doja cat is just i don't know yeah she's special for sure i totally see the appeal and why she's had so much success recently definitely definitely well thank you so much for the interview oh, thank Paige, you Jordan. And, Appreciate it. yeah and um good luck on recording and congratulations on the ep thank you so much have a good one and stay safe All right, you too. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Pop Dust Podcast. I'm Jordan Edwards. You can find me at jordanedwardsstudio.com or on Instagram at jordanedwardsstudio. And check out the latest in music, pop culture, and entertainment at popdust.com. Music